evening and welcome to our 15th episode of NeuroDigest. Here with me, Sylvia Moramo Chabo, your host, and Maureen Maida, our interpreter for tonight. And we have a guest tonight, and we will be having a very interesting conversation. And the good thing is, today it's a Mora thing. Yes, so I bring to you Deborah Mora, <laughs> yes, who's a psychologist, right? Yeah, good, so I got it right. She's a psychologist. And tonight we shall be discussing the basis of psychology and autism and all the other neurodevelopmental disorders that we have. So we shall dive right in and we'll first give her the opportunity to officially introduce herself so that anything we missed out, please do let us know. Like, uh, what's your name? What you do exactly? How did you end up here specializing in this unique space? Not just psychology at large, mm -hmm. but actually specifically special needs. Karibu sana. Asante sana. Thank you for the opportunity to be on this show. You're welcome. Um, first and foremost, I am a clinical psychologist. Okay. So that basically means that I specialize in issues to do with mental health disorders and mental health issues. Okay. And secondly, I I have an interest, okay. an interest in mm -hmm. interventions concerning people living with um, special needs or disorders, mm -hmm. if I can call it that, with regards to mental health, most especially um, children living with autism and cerebral palsy. Okay, yes. So that's your main point of focus. Yeah, that's my CP point of focus. And autism spectrum disorders. Yes, autism spectrum disorders. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And not just intervening with them but mm -hmm. also doing research. And research. So yes. you you you're thoroughly researched. <laughs> Any questions that we have, you'll be able to deal with it. Um as far as I can. How many yes. years how many years have you specialized with special needs children? Um I can say for about two years. Two years, okay. Yeah, with, with um, authority for about two years. Okay, without authority. <laughs> <laughs> without authority. Well, we can say spanning about four or five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who's, who's the authorizing body for this? <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, if you do your research, mm -hmm. you have to defend it. Okay. To do all that. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a paper I'm currently in the process of um, collecting, just about to get approvals to start collecting data. Okay. And coincidentally, it it involves the inclusivity, mm -hmm. educationally and socially, for okay. children living with autism spectrum disorders. Okay. So um, just about to get approvals to do oh. to that, that research. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll be talking to you after this. <laughs> Yes, uh, welcome once and once again for those who are joining us right now. You're here on NeuroDigest. And don't forget to interact with us on social media. And also, um, for those who are watching us live on Facebook, if you have any questions, let's use the SMS number 20508. I'll say that again, 20508. That's the SMS number that if you have any questions for poor Daktari, right? Do we call it Daktari? You know, we've had issues of those who come like, no, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm a psychologist, I'm there, so I have to ask, seek permission. So how do we address <laughs> you? Just Deborah is fine. Deborah is fine. <laughs> yes. But you're a doctor. For purposes of this. Um, mm. I had a brief stint in the field of medicine. But, okay. Um, yeah. I tell you, this space is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm like, okay, so, but if you're dealing with mental health, mm. doesn't that make you a doctor? Don't you have to be a, to have done medicine for you to be able to 
clinically, you actually use the word clinic, clinically um, uh, handle? Interestingly, with mm. the, I wanted to say mutation, but it's evolution. Okay. And um, how things are running currently in mm -hmm. the field. Mm -hmm. You have people in the arts, if you go to the level of um, PhD okay. or a doctorate, mm -hmm. you can be called a doctor. Okay. And in some countries, you are allowed to prescribe medication okay. if you have gone through the field of psychology. Mm -hmm. But currently in Kenya, that is not the case. So, what is the case? Yeah. Um, the case is you can practice. Mm -hmm. Um, at undergraduate level, of course, under supervision, mm -hmm. at master's level, under supervision with mm -hmm. someone with a doctorate, but mm -hmm. now at doctorate level, you are free to practice and you can be called a doctor, a doctor. at that level. Okay. But for me, within the field of psychology, I've gone as far as an MA in okay. clinical psychology. Okay. So at undergrad, I was just mm -hmm. as basic psychologist, mm -hmm. but now you graduate to clinical mm -hmm. when you do. Uh, clinical masters okay so she's psychologist deborah yes. another morale in the house so let us feel associated for us morale <laughs> yes. so okay let us dive into this mm -hmm. so um there is this uh word that many people don't like being related with i know i don't like it when someone says um that i don't know to put it mental illness mm -hmm. Or to actually call, I've heard someone call an autistic person a retard, mm -hmm. and someone else who said like uh, there's a parent who referred to their own child as Tutuangu Hana Akili, mm -hmm. and I know there is, there was an uproar on media sometime when a media station actually wrote Kutokuana Kwa Ubongo mm -hmm. as the interpretation of autism. Mm -hmm. So could you kindly explain to us because as parents are like. Well, they'll know my child is not a retard, my child is not mentally ill, mm -hmm. it's actually a neurodevelopmental disorder, so let's mm -hmm. call it what it is. Yeah. So how would you just help us break down the difference of the two? Okay, so first of all I would begin with um, neurodevelopmental disorders, which mm -hmm. autism is one it's of them. them. And basically what this means is there was an issue mm -hmm. with regards to the development mm -hmm. of the brain okay so they actually don't do not not have a brain mm -hmm. or the brain is not absent it is there it's just that there was something that was amiss mm -hmm. when it came to the formation okay so um, it's not it's not necessarily that um, the the child's brain is not functioning mm -hmm. it's just that there are deficiencies okay. in functioning mm -hmm. to a certain extent because if you see the child they can swallow normally, mm -hmm. they see, they mm -hmm. hear, they can move about. Mm -hmm. It's just that there are certain deficiencies when it comes to certain areas of function. Okay. But all in all, they are functional. functional. Yes. So, so okay. mental illnesses mm -hmm. um, is a term that was coined to sort of like an umbrella term. Mm -hmm. So if it is that in the psychotic disorders like um, schizophrenia mm -hmm. or any any other disorders that have psychotic features okay. in them okay. those those were what were initially called mental illnesses okay. originally and i believe that is what society still imagines mm -hmm. to be mental illnesses mm -hmm. when it comes to children for example if someone had um, mental retardation mm -hmm. which is actually the clinical term and it is in itself a diagnosable condition. 
So mental retardation does not envelop everything else mm -hmm. in itself. It has, um, it is a disorder on its, on own. its own. Yes. Okay. So it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a mental illness, it's on its own independently. No, no, no. Mental retardation so, is also, okay. When we talk about mental illnesses, basically um, envelop all anything. Yes. Okay. All of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So mental retardation is part of it. Yeah. It's part of that. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a general term mm -hmm. to refer to issues that have a neurological basis, okay. issues that have a relation to um, a decrease in functioning mm -hmm. of a certain area of the brain or whatever. Mm -hmm. But these, these conditions have a genesis at the brain level. Okay. So that is, what, that is why they are called mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, society has made it a derogatory term. Mm -hmm. And I think that is why people are very prissy when it comes to um, someone calling a child, for example, with MR, mm -hmm. saying they have a mental illness. It's mm -hmm. just because of how society has learned to associate the word. Yeah. But it is the word that best describes the conditions. But for me, if I say the word retard, mm. there is just that negative icky connotation. thing that, yes, mm -hmm. there's that connotation yes. that comes with it. Yes. That there is no polite word, as soon as you say <laughs> MR, okay, we'll just divide to that and stick to MR. Yeah. But, but I, it feels like, um, I know, there was a feature where so a child actually called an autistic, a fellow autistic student, mm -hmm. the R word, which mm -hmm. we actually call it the R word in mm -hmm. this space. You're like, don't you use that word. Because it's not polite mm -hmm. as much it's as it not. is. Because in this aspect, that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. So let's just call it correctly. Yes. Because that's uh, also one of the issues that we have in the public space. Even mm -hmm. in schools, you find them saying that that person is MH, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you're like, no, that person is autistic. Like, this call a spade a spade. Why are you mm -hmm. putting them in this bracket that just because you have challenges mm -hmm. in brain development, you are? Yeah. So, that, and, and that's something that I believe the teachers need to be educated upon. Yes, but now, that return, it mm -hmm. felt like the person was okay and then they regressed. Mm -hmm. So is that the case? I just want clarity. Mm -hmm. This is all clarity's sake. Yeah. Okay. So when you're saying someone is a retard, mm -hmm. we just said someone is psychotic, mm -hmm. someone has dysophonia. Mm -hmm. So how would you elaborate what actually meant to retardation? Okay. The generally with um, a few of the neurodevelopmental disorders, mm -hmm. you'll find that if there was not a delay in the achievement of the developmental milestones the child has, mm -hmm. you'd find that they would develop properly up until the age of two mm -hmm. years. But we usually say between um, one and a half, that's like 18 months, mm -hmm. and the 24 months, mm -hmm. that's when you start seeing a regression. Okay. And what happens with all these um, neurodevelopmental issues or challenges or disorders? All the above, <laughs> they cannot be diagnosed before the child gets to the age of five. Mm -hmm. So, as much as you start seeing the symptoms before the child gets to the age of two, mm -hmm. until they get to the age of five, we cannot diagnose them because of a certain developmental, if I can, not not a stage per se, but a window, a grace period, yes, of development. Mm -hmm. So, until they have reached the age of five, we we can see, yes, there are certain symptoms that point to a certain direction, but 
the tools we use to diagnose mm -hmm. start their application begins mm -hmm. around the age of five. Five. I've had people yeah. say four also. Yeah. Four, 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 four to five. Four to five. Thereabout. Yeah. Four to five thereabout. Mm -hmm. So if we are talking now about the regression mm -hmm. now, sort of like instead of the child moving forward in the yeah. stages of development, mm -hmm. you find if a child was able to speak two words at the age of two, then all out of nowhere, they just slowly start losing their speech okay. and all these other things. Mm -hmm. Now, that's that's characteristic of autism spectrum disorders mm -hmm. and for ADHD as well. You mm -hmm. can see the hyperactivity um, clearly mm -hmm. around, around the age of two years. But with MR, um, if you look at it critically, how are you able to know that the child is not able to perform high or executive functioning okay. unless they have gotten to the point of testing? Okay. Now, mental retardation is with regard to grasping things, grasping concepts. Okay. So until they have been to school, mm. or as a parent you have noticed, they do not follow instructions, mm. um, simple mm. instructions that are given to them, and it's it's not um, because they have not heard mm. or they have not understood, mm -hmm. but they do not have the high functioning ability to mm. carry out or to process that. So you find there are there are children living or even adults who have MR. Mm -hmm. They can talk, mm -hmm. but their talk is Java. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. they they you can you can pick out themes. Yeah. You can pick out certain words they're trying to make out, but in itself, it's not consistent or it does not make sense. No, non-coherent. Yes, it's mm -hmm. non-coherent. It does not make grammatical sense, mm -hmm. if I can put it that way. Mm -hmm. So, retardation is mostly with regards to um, high-functioning capabilities and effectiveness of carrying out tasks. Mm -hmm. That is why it's not, we cannot just lump all the neuro neurodevelopmental disorders and say they are all MR. Yeah. There are different specifiers mm. for each of the different neurodevelopmental So when we're, when we're looking at autism, at least that we clearly stated that is an or that is a neurodevelopmental disorder. Yes. You said you're also specialist for cerebral palsy, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And we know rather we in our first episode we took the time to actually break down what what stands for what. Mm -hmm. So cerebral palsy, there are four types, right? Mm -hmm. Four types of cerebral palsy affecting mm -hmm. different areas of the brain, yes. right? Yes, different I've done my homework. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> yes. so affecting different areas of the brain. Mm -hmm. So could we say that some of the children living with uh, cerebral palsy can be classified under mental illness? Because I just want us to have those very clear lines. Because mm -hmm. it is, there is that inability depending on the degree of, of how mm -hmm. they are affected yes. so how how would we put this two apart how do we set it aside because mm -hmm. we've just clearly said autism is the neurodevelopmental disorder mm -hmm. the part where the neurons actually the communication mm -hmm. that is what what lacks of it mm -hmm. but when you're looking at what cerebral palsy means because cerebral is the brain mm -hmm. palsy is paralysis the paralysis of, yes, the of the nerves yes, yes. So there is brain paralysis that actually hinders or affects the cognitive mm -hmm. and the mobile function. Yes, mm -hmm. motor, motor function. Mm -hmm. Good. Yes. 
So how, what in that in that aspect where the brain gets so affected that actually it affects their daily living, their mm -hmm. total total functioning of the brain. Mm -hmm. So how how do we categorize that? Okay. Um, one concept I feel would be important for us to grasp mm -hmm. is an individual can have two conditions occurring at the same time. time. Okay. So you can have what we call comorbidity. Yes, that yes. one. Say it again for our viewers. Comorbidity. No, I've always struggled with this, so I say, see that one. Yes, I, I prefer saying the conditions that coexist with neurodevelopmental disorders. Yes, yes. And you can have two neurodevelopmental disorders being comorbid. You wow. can have both of them coexisting. Wow. So, um, a, a, com a common comorbidity I have seen mm -hmm. is autism comorbid yes. with ADHD. Yes. Or autism yes. comorbid with MR. Oh, yes. Wow. Co autism comorbid with CP. Mm -hmm. All the neurodevelopmental disorders mm -hmm. because even CP, because um, CP also could 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 be at birth level, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, could be intra, intra, yeah. intra uterine, mm -hmm. could be at the process oh. of giving birth, that's when, or yeah. the first four years. Or the first four years. Okay. So, because its genesis mm -hmm. is in the brain and the nervous system, mm -hmm. because they are all connected, mm -hmm. that is why we call them neurodevelopmental, mm -hmm. okay. yes. So, you could have CP, or being comorbid with MR, you could have autism being comorbid with MR, you mm -hmm. could have ADHD being comorbid with autism. Mm -hmm. They could occur or co occur mm -hmm. together simply because the effects are from the level of the brain. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in essence you'd find you would find that um an a child, for example, mm -hmm. who has um CP mm -hmm on its own could try and communicate. Okay. They could um, they could do whatever. Mm -hmm. You could talk, they could listen, they could mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. to show that they have really understood, understood and they have processed whatever it is that you're saying. But now if they have CP and it's comorbid, comorbid with MR, mm -hmm. then you find that at the level of executive functioning mm -hmm. and understanding there could be a disconnect mm -hmm. somewhere. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, they are all in the same group mm -hmm. because they are all neurodevelopmental disorders. Mm -hmm. The same way you find the Alzheimer's and the mm -hmm. dementias in the mm -hmm. older age, mm -hmm. they are all under neurodegenerative disorders because oh. neurodegenerative de disorders. So we've learned a new section of it. <laughs> yeah, so we shall feature yes. neurodegenerative at some point. At yes. some point. Yes. So you find they are grouped based on at which level or stage of development they occur. So if it's in your younger years, mm -hmm. they are called neurodevelopmental mm -hmm. because they are from the point of development. Yes. If it is towards the end of the older years, it's mm -hmm. neurodegenerative. Mm -hmm. And even in between there are some that mm -hmm. come on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's just, it's staged. If I so. So, so, yeah, and, and it's something that it, since now we have the degeneration side of it, mm -hmm. so you can have your life okay, mm -hmm. but then in your yesteryears, not your yesteryears, in your sunset years, mm -hmm. then you can get developmental disorder, not developmental, wow, degenerative, degenerative yes. disorders, yeah, yes. neurological issues, yes, yes. exactly, yes. <laughs> 
so you can have it even now when you're aging mm -hmm. your your system can actually degenerate to a way that you get affected yes okay yes. at least we know so treat <laughs> treat treat all those who are around you and you're there calling them names or looking down upon neurodevelopmentally challenged children thinking that they're less thinking that they're not able to do things remember we still have our sunset years ahead mm -hmm. of us and uh, you remember you can engage with us you can send us questions on our sms number 20508 and we'd like to take a short break so that uh, we can uh, recoup and process all those heavy terms and new learnings that we just uh, interacted with and we shall be right back don't go away and remember communicate to us let us know what you what questions you could be having uh in regards to this and when we come back we shall be touching on the comorbid conditions mm. that coexist with autism and how they are related to uh, psychological uh, uh, status of a human being so don't go away and sending your questions don't forget and engage with us see you in a bit back to NeuroDigest. You're here with me, your host Sylvia Muramu Chabo, here on NeuroDigest and today we are discussing psychology and uh, especially in special needs children and we have covered the difference between mental illness, mental retardation, uh, neurodevelopmental disorders and now I'd like for us to, we have learned something new also about neurodegeneration, but there is this gap in between that always intrigues me mm -hmm. as a parent and as a parent of a child living with special needs. Mm -hmm. And this is a time I dread. I will not lie, I'm all honesty, teenage. Mm -hmm. How? If our children, let me rewind that. If right now my son already has challenges expressing himself, mm -hmm. I'd like for you to break down for us how exactly that and like how do I get to understand, how do I get to his brain, how when he zones off, how do I, I would love as a parent to know what goes on in that small mind of his mm -hmm. or like is he okay, is he, there are very many questions that as a parent we struggle with, like what is he thinking, is he hearing me, is he understanding me, mm -hmm. have I, if I, when you do something wrong you can tell you've wronged them but they, they, they're, they're so loving, they're so open, they don't hold grudges because they're things like you'd be like if I was the one I'd be strangling you right now <laughs> and I'm like yeah. This of such purity, such innocence, but then when they trip, we're done, you know. So how, how, how do we how do we unpack this? How they process, mm -hmm. and how do they get to live through teenage? Mm -hmm. As the bigger question before we go on to the comorbid condition, mm -hmm. just just break that down since we're talking about the cycle of life yes. and the psychology part of it. So for special needs, guide us. Um, one one thing I'd like us to have at the back of our minds mm -hmm. um, is that as much as they are living with special needs, mm -hmm. the natural part of them is still functioning as any other child. By that I mean uh -huh. chemically, hormonally, okay. emotionally, All right. they are still in the same space. What do I mean? If they are a child and they're living with CP, the needs 
that mm -hmm. a child needs met, they're still they are still there. So those needs need mm -hmm. to be met. Mm -hmm. If they have come out and they are of school going age, mm -hmm. which I also advocate for them to be to in go school. To school. Yes. yes. It is important for them to have a routine and to interact with other people. It goes a long way. So when they are of school going age, the needs a child has mm -hmm. who is of school going age, they have those same needs too. When it comes to teenagehood, they still have the same needs. So <laughs> I'm just holding, I'm just holding. Okay. Okay. I will be patient. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they still have the same needs. Um if they will need to understand their growth, mm -hmm. the changes within their body. Mm -hmm. It's happening to them. They will need that explained to them. They need to understand that. And in teenagehood, the the stage is usually identity versus role confusion. Okay. That's the stage we call it um. because the child has come from a point of identifying themselves within a family setting. Mm -hmm. They have gone outside and they have seen. I am someone outside my family. I am an individual of my own. Oh my own. So they are trying to discover themselves mm -hmm. as a person. Mm. So of course, the questions of identity will mm. come up. Much as they are living with special needs, mm. they still want to to know who they are. My son can't even process. How, how so? How will I so, know when he needs it, and he can't even tell me when he's in pain? That's that's now the small parent frustration okay. for non-verbal yes, children. Because yes. I'm like, how do I figure out? How do I know that he's struggling with something? Because like right now, what we're going through as a family, because he's in that, that that I don't know, he's nine, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he changes clothes. Like he wants to pick his own clothes. I'm like, mm -hmm. but I uh, like, no, I want this. Mm -hmm. He will start changing when he's supposed to be changing for bed. Mm -hmm. He's like, and now he knows this is a new item. This is an old item, and he he, he actually color matches. And you're like, damn girl, you mm -hmm. have done a good job. And like he's now started identifying. Mm -hmm. I want a watch. I want standards. And I'm like, you're still my baby. So now that is my fault, I know, of <laughs> detaching from that, you're my baby, being protective. Mm -hmm. But that is a mother hawk thing that we mm -hmm. can't. And then, like you say, when they're in school, they're a different person. Mm -hmm. Today morning, I got there, one side of the school entrance was locked. So I was like, will he figure it out? I have to let him go. He, he seems to turn this way. I see him coming from that side. But this is what I'm used to now. I don't know if this is my problem or... <laughs> But then now letting go and trusting mm -hmm. that he will find his way to school because it's a new term he's just gone to a new area mm -hmm. so is it that we need to entrust them more mm -hmm. or understand like you say they're individuals and they can do everything the way but you see for for, for me as a parent the fact that i can't have that conversation mm -hmm. i can't mm -hmm. hear his thoughts mm -hmm. i can't hear him because he gets frustrated yes. i can see when he overreacts but I want to know what is it. Are you annoyed? Okay, I know you're annoyed because you're like throwing and hitting everything. Mm -hmm. But like, what is the matter? Like, tell me, I, I, I want this. Is it something you can teach? Is it something you can be able to learn to identify? Like, is it in a safe space? You know, because I fear that we might get to teenage and there's this frustration of I can't communicate what I want mm -hmm. with my family, leave alone the outside world, mm -hmm. my family. And you know, with all these issues of mental health, mm -hmm. and we have had these cases going on. We've had, I understand the depression rate of special needs kids is very high, yes, but how high. do you identify as a parent? How do I know? Because if he comes, he's very silent today, 
he's not very loud he's either this today he will come he's singing too loud he's screaming too and i'm like no because that's another thing we fight with like when they're too loud you're like please keep it down and then when they're too quiet like are you okay so, <laughs> so there is no there is no safe space per se when 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 both extremes come mm -hmm. so that is from a parent's painful point of view how like, like how, what would you what would be your advice to us as special needs parents mm -hmm. yet to reach that age because you see right now it's a baby mm -hmm. at least i'm in control first of all he's almost getting to my height i'm like i can't hold you anymore mm -hmm. and is it bad for me because you know it gets to a point even the ones who can talk they don't kiss me don't hurt me don't hurt yes. me there is always that mm -hmm. you know when the self-discovery point yes. so i'm like when will i know when he's there and he doesn't want to or he wants to how do i read the codes <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that, that is a very um, legitimate fear. Okay. It is a very legitimate fear that um, a parent of ch a child with special needs would have. Mm -hmm. Most especially one whose expression is limited. They, they do not have um, a wealth of vocabulary or um, when it comes to autism, most of them um, have a deficiency in speech. Yeah and social reciprocity thank you yeah you know, <laughs> you know and they are very particular when it comes to patterns of behavior yeah. order of the day yes. this. don't you move like, don't you move yeah. today we started from a different location not straight mm -hmm. to school i took a different and it's like actually for the first time the good mm -hmm. thing i celebrate is he said it yes okay not as clear but where are we going oh my god what did you just ask like you can know actually we are not going the right i think mm -hmm. it was a celebration point yes. that he actually has identified mm -hmm. we're taking a different route from exactly. what we normally do and they yes. don't like that yeah. they don't like that because mm -hmm. now he started questioning swimming playing mm -hmm. so you explain because he knows actions mm -hmm. but he can't express that i i'm trying to figure out where we are headed mm -hmm. please tell me but then i also feel even if I told him, I don't know, I know we should just talk to them, mm -hmm. but I'm like, sometimes I'm like, is he understanding me? Am I making mm -hmm. sense? Am I clear? Am I, should I say it 10 times? Should I say it once? Because mm -hmm. unless it's an instruction mm -hmm. of go bring, where yeah. at least I see the action and know like, good, he understood. The emotional part of it, like yes. how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. How was your day? I get a blank stare. You know, that is a heavy, like how you come like, hey, how was your day? Did you enjoy school? How do they not know how to process that? <laughs> like, uh, like I know it's a tough yeah. question. Like, um, how can they not know. not know? Like, I have the brother mm -hmm. who has ADHD, but he's like, he was good and he works, you know. But I'm like, please pick that cue. Like, yeah, like expression. Mm -hmm. That is the, that's where I feel like there's a misfire. Like that that communication mm -hmm. breakdown you're talking about. Yeah. Like that inner feeling, the pain, frustration, like putting it into words. Is there? a psychological explanation mm -hmm. of what happens that they cannot process their emotions. Mm -hmm. Is there an explanation? Uh, <laughs> the interesting thing is they can process it, they just can't express it. Oh, they process? Yes. But like, like telling you like, I'm, I'm, I'm this and that. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll give uh, an example of uh, a, chi a child I interacted with. Mm -hmm. um, the mother, the mother had similar frustrations. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> she she was actually frustrated, and when she came to the clinic, and 
the child noticed that the environment was quite peculiar. It was mm. not what he was used to. Okay. So that in itself set him off. And because um, he was not, he he had a deficiency in speech, mm. he could not speak that he was frustrated. Okay. So what he did was, he just got into a fit. He started banging his head against the wall, mm. he fell to the ground, started rolling, mm. punching the ground. And at that point you could easily pick that there is a frustration here. Mm. And he seemed angry. Mm. So this was a behavior that he used mm -hmm. to, to express. express. Yes, mm. he could not articulate it or verbalize it. Mm. But just by falling to the ground and doing mm. that, mm. and the mother would actually say, when he is uncomfortable, he does that. Okay. And stuff. So what I picked out of that is she had established a baseline mm. for communication. Okay. That if I fall, I'm frustrated. Exactly. Ah, you are so, my head. That's extreme. So, <laughs> a baseline in terms of if I am normal, if I am okay, mm -hmm. this is how I will behave. Okay. This is how I respond. Mm -hmm. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. And I believe as a mom, if you have been interact, because you have been interacting with your child daily, mm -hmm. you more or less have gotten a hang yeah. of. Oh, yeah. uh, this is him when he's yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is him when things are going the way he'd want them to go. And if something is off, you can tell mm. there's a certain way he'll behave in body language. They are exactly. very strong with body very language. Very strong yeah. with body language. And you can capitalize on that as a parent. Mm. You can capitalize on that as a parent. I have found um, teaching them to associate color with how it is they feel. Oh, wow. Yes. You? Uh -huh. Yes. And I find that that is especially effective if. Um, from the point of diagnosis, mm -hmm. these things were taught to the child. Doesn't mean that at, at an older age they will not understand. Mm -hmm. They can. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start teaching them and it becomes part of their routine, because we have established when it comes to children living with autism, mm -hmm. they thrive when there's routine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if you find a way of working that into their routine, mm -hmm. a child can come and show you yellow. Mm -hmm. If they are excited, mm -hmm. you know, you could mm -hmm. ask, How mm -hmm. is it you're feeling? Mm -hmm. Much as they cannot talk, they can point to a yellow object or so they mm -hmm. can point to a red object. So you can channel how to, yes, communicate yes. that emotion. Yes. So is there like a color code? Because <laughs> you <laughs> said the way you effortlessly <laughs> said yellow because of this. For me, the minute you said that, I was like, I am angry, I am red, you know? Yeah. So is there a psychology of color that can actually be used, used. to teach them? Yes. Um, when when we are doing art therapy with children, mm -hmm. you find if they are coloring or the drawings they make on it, if they shade it with too many dark colors, you know there's something, there's okay. something that's amiss. Mm -hmm. If they're using your bright as the yellows, mm -hmm. the oranges, mm -hmm. like the really bright hues, you know, ah, okay, mm -hmm. they're fine. And the, funny, the interesting thing is, if they use a bright shade of blue, they're good. If they use a darker shade mm -hmm. of blue, something, something is blue. So is that something that's like default, or is it you study how they use, then you see mm -hmm. when it's amiss? You, 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 you more or less um, associate there's something we call the psychology of, of color. color yes. yes i'm an artist so we we, we always exactly. use that on people yes <laughs> so if i don't want to look threatening to someone i won't wear red okay if 
if I want you to feel happy in a room, a room that is painted yellow, you walk into it and you start feeling joy. joy yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. If it's brightly colored, you have a certain joyful feeling. Mm -hmm. So if you see them being inclined to like the darker colors and all these other things, they could tell you mm -hmm. that something is amiss. Yeah. However, you find there are um, children who live with ASD, you find that when it comes to their dressing, they have a particular hue mm -hmm. they associate with. Mm -hmm. There are those who like the darker flannel looking uh, kinds yeah, of textures and stuff like that. Text, mm. textures that they also. associate with. Mm -hmm. So if you know your child likes certain textures and out of nowhere they are inclined oh. to a certain one, you know, okay, something's up. Something's up. But now you need to figure out is it a good thing or a bad thing? But is it that's a lot of work? <laughs> so just um, establishing a, a form of communication. It could be a sign mm -hmm. or a symbol. Mm -hmm. Or for those who can say words, if they mention you can you can establish it such that if they mention one word, you know. You know. Mm -hmm. If if he says this He's yeah. like this. He and says very this it's like that. Yeah. And they are really observant. Yeah. And they pick up much as much as social social cues are a bit difficult for some for, of them. for some of them to mm. pick, doesn't mean that they do not study them very much. Yes, they do. So if you find what works for your child mm -hmm. and use it to their advantage, you can then establish mm -hmm. a baseline for communication, if I can call it that. Mm -hmm. So that if anything goes above mm -hmm. the base or below it, you can easily pick. And when it comes to the color, the way we were saying, mm -hmm. so would it be easier for us to know, because I already have like a color code in my house, like you are the Mr. Ranch, because my kids are almost like twins, yeah. Yeah. actually many people call them twins. So I'm like, you see red, you know that's red. So you see blue, mm -hmm. will I be influencing their likes, dislikes when it comes to color because of what I buy? Because mm -hmm. I'm not trying to think the way you're saying, okay, if they want and they change, and I'm thinking like, oh God, mm -hmm. I've just been like putting them, you know, the way Dexter <laughs> Laboratory is all white yeah. in cartoons, like they wear the same dress every day, they don't keep changing. So I feel like, like, would that be an influence or should we give them the freedom to actually pick out for themselves? Because mm -hmm. this, this, clothes thing is actually really bugging me I actually mm -hmm. asked the doctor because I'm like we can't change clothes five times in a day mm -hmm. as in I, I, I is it is it because there was the association to maybe it could be a sensory thing and mm -hmm. I'm like that's not he's been fine he doesn't mm -hmm. have like sensory issues mm -hmm. so is it a habit is it this phase where we are having mm -hmm. where he's growing and he wants what it is he wants mm -hmm. so on the psychology side of it because you're telling us we have to try and find out and I'm thinking like you know how many things are going on in this <laughs> young man's life right now mm -hmm. you know so how do I see to know exactly what it is so um, just to confirm you said he's nine yeah he is nine mm. so the stage he's in he is associating in school mm -hmm. he, there's a population of children mm -hmm. he is interacting with mm -hmm. um, may not may not be um as we would imagine mm -hmm. a child would interact but in his own space he is interacting with children 
So could be it's something he's seen mm. on other kids or seen around. Mm. And as he has learned to identify himself as an individual and mm. is gradually, progressively working towards that stage, mm -hmm. he's more or less trying to find himself. himself. Okay. So you could find that ordinarily or initially he would be very rigid mm -hmm. and he would want to this is what I want. Mm -hmm. Please don't change it or don't do it any other way. You put a dress that has a different pattern or a shirt that looks different from the other shirts he has and it's a problem. He would throw off it. Mm -hmm. But now he's seeing something else which you would see you would say is not quite the normal. Mm -hmm. From where I stand, mm -hmm. I would say that is progress. It's good progress? Yes. Okay. That is no, yeah. The choosing for self is fine. <laughs> The changing five times is my problem. Five, <laughs> changing five times. Um, now, it could be, is it, is it discomfort? Is it... Um, he chose the other one, so where is discomfort? <laughs> <laughs> is it discomfort? Is it exploration? Uh -huh. Is it um, curiosity? Okay. Is it... It could be so, so many, many other things. things. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Enough of... <laughs> Let me leave that one at, at, at that. So the complexity of living in the adolescent space. Mm -hmm. For us as neurotypical, we had it rough. Mm -hmm. So your special needs and you have adolescents to deal with. How do they, not even me as a parent, mm -hmm. how do they process that? How do they deal with it so that we are able to understand and see how to embrace, how to make sure everything is comfortable, how to, you know, you're always afraid of losing your child at first time. Mm -hmm. They always say teenage is where you can lose your child or keep them or stuff like that. True. I haven't been to teenage, I've just started my eldest is now thirteen. But then I'm like, okay, that's neurotypical. Or oh, special kids. Like, um do they get like extra grace from God or like <laughs> what's the psychology behind it? Well, um one one thing the parent would need to do, of course when it comes to teenage the teenage age you are deliberate about parenting mm -hmm. now when it comes to children living with special needs even in their teenagehood you will be deliberate and you will need to be understanding and exercise patience so for example if there's information being disseminated to them in school mm -hmm. about the body changes that occur mm -hmm. what what you would have is as a parent of a child for example living with autism I would not assume that the information they got in school is correct. Is not just correct, even if it is correct, mm. that they grasped it at mm. the rate at which the oh, it was played. Okay. Yes. So you would need to have a talk with them, have a conversation with them mm -hmm. and tell them, Baba, you know you're growing up mm -hmm. and your body will change. So you'll find you'll start sweating a lot, mm -hmm. and this and that would happen, this hair that will be great. Um, are you getting what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if they are, they will respond to you as they usually do, when you know mm -hmm. they, yeah, have, they, got they have gotten the instruction you have given to okay. them. So you may need to have a stepwise way of explaining to them mm -hmm. what is happening. Mm -hmm. They may not have questions immediately, mm -hmm. But as they keep processing whatever it is you say, they may look for you to try and help them to manage this. So if he 
he notices he's sweating a bit too much mm -hmm. and there's an odor that he doesn't really like, mm -hmm. he could he could come to you and you'd give him deal mm -hmm. and you would show him how to use the deal. Mm -hmm. And for the first few times we find there are challenges here and there. But if you're consistent with him and you exercise patience with him, you'll find eventually he'll learn how to wear the deal, he will be doing it himself, cleaning himself. So when it comes to matters hygiene, when it comes to matters emotion, you would also need to break that down for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That you will start feeling mm -hmm. attracted to girls, you know. Or is that bad? Yes. <laughs> or you may start noticing that yeah, that's that the girls girl. have changed and ah. all that. So you don't hide the information from them, you tell it to them, but find a way that is conducive to them. Mm -hmm. If if the best way, for example, if one best understands certain concepts or certain issues mm -hmm. through pictures, mm -hmm. you could use pictographic ways to explain it to them. Mm -hmm. If they understand it through play, mm -hmm. you dramatize it in play. <laughs> yes. We go back to drama <laughs> class for the house. <laughs> So you better yeah. get skills. <laughs> if they understand it using toys or dolls, mm. that's what mm. happens. So, but but yes. question. So, mm. when you're saying that we need to explain it to them, so do we mm. do like hair one this week? We're talking, discussing hair. We mm. grow next week. We discuss something else. So mm. we go at their speed. Yes, like slowly, slowly. Yes. Not come and tell me you'll do this, you'll do this, you'll do this, no. you'll do this. So, for example, if today you're discussing the physical aspects of change, mm -hmm. you would cover the physical aspects of change, mm -hmm. and. You would need to confirm to see mm -hmm. how much they have grasped okay. of, from that information. Mm -hmm. So they have grasped it. Give it some time to sink in. See if they are actually mm -hmm. affecting what you have what discussed. You if it's emotionally, mm -hmm. like that. And once they have felt that they are safe enough to express themselves around you, mm -hmm. you'll find if something does not, they do not quite understand something or they feel it slipped, mm -hmm they would come to you and request to have it said again mm -hmm. or to have that discussion with you. Wow. And as the parent, you're the one who knows best how you engage and communicate with your child. Mm -hmm. So just as they would communicate with you, you would understand, you would know. Wow, okay. I'm trying to think now that we're talking about that space. Mm -hmm. One of the coexisting conditions, this is OCD. Most of them have it, mm -hmm. um, which means apart from now knowing I want my things at this time, I wake up, this is what I do, don't change it, this is my routine. What's the situation with some of our special children with being, um, well, I'm just going to okay. explain to us what OCD, let me not do it, I might do it strongly. <laughs> explain to our viewers what OCD is, what is the, the full name mm -hmm. of OCD. Okay. Mm -hmm. OCD stands for Obsessive Compulsive mm -hmm. Disorder. Okay. And OCD is characterized by two things. Okay. You have obsessions mm -hmm. and you have compulsions. Okay. Obsessions are things that preoccupy your thoughts. Okay. And certain patterns of thinking, um, certain ideas or ideologies you have about certain things. Okay. Compulsions uh, speaks about the behavior part mm -hmm. of it, which is, I feel like I really need to do something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in my mind, I have imagined that the doorknob is very jammy. Mm. It has 
germs on it. And everyone who comes and touches it brings more. Brings more. So if I touch it, all the germs that everyone has are on me. Mm -hmm. So you'll find, because I know, okay, I have germs, germs make me sick. Mm -hmm. What can I do so that I do not get sick? Mm -hmm. Wash my hands. So every single time they touch a doorknob, they will be running to the sink mm -hmm. to wash their hands. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine how, how much discomfort it can mm -hmm. bring to someone. Mm -hmm. You're leaving the house mm. and they want to go. Yeah. You're opening the door. You want to step out to go and perform a task. But because you have touched the doorknob, which you imagine has all those germs, uh -huh. you run back to the sink and wash your hands and dry them. Come back, touch the same doorknob, run back to the mm. sink, wash your hands and dry them. You do not achieve any goal that you have set for that day simply because that obsession has preoccupied your mind mm. and now you're compulsively mm -hmm. acting to sort of like soothe the obsession that is really that is, that is a typical uh what's his name that is typical of big bang theory sheldon, sheldon cooper <laughs> sheldon cooper is your perfect if you haven't watched that series at least try and watch one you will see the perfect combination of genius autistic uh obsessive mm -hmm. all those things we usually talk about being special but being special and gifted because yes. that guy is a scientist yes and because of time we might have to end it there i hope you've sent in your questions you can interact with us as always on andy speaks for special needs persons you can drop us an email support at andy speaks for special needs persons that is number four not f-o-r dot o-r-g our sms lines are always open and our social media handles on twitter we have andy speaks for on instagram it's just simply andy speaks andy is my son so and he's the inspiration behind all of this so that is why our organization is called andy speaks mm -hmm. and this is neurodigest where we break it down the neural complexity so that we are able to understand educate the co community and empower you as a parent to understand your child better so that you can raise them to the best of their ability because we say like a butterfly they will thrive you just need to put them in the right environment treat them correctly and for sure your child will thrive and live a near normal life if not 100 percent and thank you very much Debra, for hosting for being with us tonight thank you maureen our interpreter for always being so awesome and we do that because we believe in inclusion and leaving no one behind until next week i am your host sylvia moramo chabo here on neurodigest and we shall continue our conversation next week having another guest and thank you for staying with us see you next week and good night